Welcome to Carmelite Conversations. This is Francis Harry, your host. And today I have a guest with me. I'm so excited about this opportunity to talk with this guest. I think he has a lot to share that you will find interesting. I found it very interesting, and that's why I asked to interview him. But before we begin, I would like to start with a prayer. You know, that's our normal routine is to begin and end with prayer. And I picked this particular prayer because it is one that St. Therese of Lisieux wrote, and it was a prayer for Maurice Bellier, and it is in her book of prayers of St. Therese of Lisieux. And so it's a rather long prayer, but I think it really uh, sets the tone for this interview. So let us get recollected, and let us get quiet within turning to Jesus And let us pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O my Jesus, I thank you for having fulfilled one of my greatest desires, that of having a brother, a priest, an apostle. I feel very unworthy of this favor. And yet, since you grant your little spouse the grace of working specially for the sanctification of a soul destined for the priesthood, I offer you joyfully all the prayers and sacrifices at my disposal. I ask you, O my God, not to look at what I am, but what I should be and want to be, a religious wholly inflamed with your love. You know, Lord, that my only ambition is to make you known and loved. Now my desire will be realized. I can only pray and suffer that the soul to whom you, you unite me by the sweet bonds of charity will go and fight in the plain to win hearts for you, while on the mountain of Carmel I will pray that you give him victory. Divine Jesus, hear the prayer I offer you for him who wants to be your missionary. Keep him safe amid the dangers of the world. Make him feel increasingly the nothingness and vanity of passing things, and the happiness of being able to despise them for love of you. May he carry out his sublime apostolate on those around him. May he be an apostle worthy of your sacred heart. O Mary, gentle Queen of Carmel, it is to you that I entrust the soul of the future priest whose unworthy little sister I am. Teach him even now how lovingly you handled the divine child Jesus and wrapped him in swaddling clothes so that one day he may go up to the holy altar and carry in his hands the King of Heaven. I ask you also to keep him safe beneath the shadow of your virginal mantle until the happy day when he leaves this valley of tears and can contemplate your splendor and enjoy for all eternity the fruits of his glorious apostolate. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, now I'd like to welcome a very special priest. He's new to our parish, and I'm getting to know him more and more. And I'm thrilled to have with me today Father Hale. Father, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. It's very exciting. Well, we're going to talk about Therese, aren't we? Yeah, I can't wait. (laughs) cannot wait. Okay, so how about, for our listening audience's sake, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. 
Yeah, so uh, I'm Father Hale, and uh, I'm still, I guess, recently uh, ordained. I was ordained in May of 2022, so I'm approaching one year of priesthood, and it's it's gone by fast. So um, this this is my first assignment here at St. Peter, um, and so it's it's been super exciting. Um, and I'm the oldest of four children, so... Uh, I always like to say that my parents had their perfect child, and then each one was just a little less perfect after me. So, <laughs> in all humility, <laughs> no, but uh, so yeah, I'm the oldest, and um, I was raised down actually in Louisville, Kentucky, mm-hmm. and so I had done all my formation for the priesthood at Mount St. Mary's in Cincinnati, uh, but I actually spent four of my seven years of formation as a seminarian for the Archdiocese of uh, for the Archdiocese of Louisville and then transferred to the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. So um, which is uh, a big part of how St. Therese really uh, entered into my life. So all right, well, hold off to <laughs> yeah, yeah. the big part of it. So, um, so I, my next question is who's your favorite saint? But I think we've already indicated, but yeah. I'll let you go ahead yeah. and, oh, and yeah. say who your favorite saint is and how did you learn about them? Yeah, St. Saint, saint Therese is, is definitely my favorite saint. And um, so growing up, I was, I was homeschooled. And so I, I know I'm sure I've, I learned about St. Therese when I was very young, um, in elementary, middle school. And, but there was, there's not really any moment that I was like, Oh, I remember learning about her. Um, but I, I'm, I know my mom probably covered her and just, I probably just wasn't paying attention. <laughs> Sorry, mom. We're all guilty of, we're all guilty of that. <laughs> but she does come around. So yeah. we'll get to that part. So um, you, your mother probably introduced, but nothing really clicked at that time. I'm, I'm sure she introduced you to lots of saints. Oh, yes, yes, because so. I re- even remember um, playing, um, it was called Hearts, and it was uh, Saint Bingo, you know, so they'd read a little description of the saint, and you had to guess and try to get a bingo. So so I know I was probably introduced <laughs> to her if in that game, so at least... Well, tell us now about your when you first started to explore St. Therese more seriously and what your first impressions were. Yeah, so um, my, my first year in the seminary, um, I was actually right before going into seminary, um, I really, I thought I was going to be the most unholy man that has ever walked into, walked through these doors. I thought, you know, all these seminarians, you know, would only speak, you know, maybe during class and the rest of the time they're going to be walking around the seminary halls with their hands folded and praying. And, <laughs> wow. <laughs> and here I'm going to come in and might get struck down by lightning, you know, so I was really nervous and, but so this, I was trying to figure out kind of like, what do I need to do? to kind of grow in this holiness and what do I need to do? And so um, I had read um, the story of a soul mm-hmm. my first year. Which is the autobiography of yeah, Therese yes. was do. And so I was like, okay, like let's let's learn about this saint. You know, well I'll I'll try try to start really learning about the saints because um before seminary um I was at a I was a striving, practicing Catholic, right? And mm-hmm. uh, but I 
couldn't really say I had really a relationship with really any of the saints. Mm -hmm. I knew who they were. I knew who some of them were, I should say. Uh, but uh, I'd only really pray to St. Anthony when I couldn't find my car keys. St. <laughs> Thomas Aquinas right before a test, you know. <laughs> you know, all, all the like, oh, I'm in a lot of trouble, please. I, I needed your help five minutes ago kind of prayers, you know. <laughs> I think we can all relate yeah. <laughs> to that. <laughs> so, yeah, so I started reading St. Therese's autobiography. And um, and I really, I hope to be in heaven one day, and I cannot wait to understand the humor of God and the saints even more so, <laughs> because um, I had started reading the autobiography, and her early childhood, uh, you know, we hear all these things that have happened to her in her life, um, and there were some very tragic things, but, um, and I think it's through those tragedies, you know, she would cry a lot. You know, and it was almost like she stubbed her toe and she was crying, you know. <laughs> and so I I just, I finally broke. I said, I can't read one more page of, <laughs> of her complaining about everything. Um, coming from someone that's really good at complaining is kind of <laughs> ironic. But, yeah, so I actually, I never finished the book. I, I, I set it down. Um, and so. Well, I have to say yeah. that I, too, had that same kind of impression Actually, mine was like, well, she's a little spoiled brat. Everybody takes care of her. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I was totally missing out on some of the uh, great trials that she had early in life, like when her mother died and she was only four. Um, and then the, the sisters, the older sisters leaving and, you know, what that impact. But, yeah, I was on the same place. And so uh, it took me several readings of this book because I joined the Carmelite Order the secular order discussed Carmelites, and it was only after uh, reading it along with the community and them helping me to explore and open up yeah. my mind <laughs> that I started to appreciate Therese. And now I think she's the, like a genius of saints. Oh yeah, yeah, no, she's great, and yeah, and really, when I put that book down, um, she kind of like I, I I put that book down, and she kind of was no longer really that part of my life, like. Mm -hmm. Um, for quite a while. So um, it wasn't until um, I felt the Holy Spirit was, you know, calling me to transfer diocese. Um, so, so she really helped me um, with that because um, I, I have no idea where I got it from. And I probably had this Holy card from when I was a kid. I, we, I had like my religious, box of just all of like the knickknacks of holy cards or medals and stuff that people have just given me over the years. And, um, so I had this holy card of St. Therese. And so when this discerning of, you know, is, is the Holy spirit, is the Lord really calling me to transfer diocese? Mm -hmm. Um, I had prayed, uh, then this novena to St. Therese, which I found was on the back of this holy card. Um, and so that's, and how I even got to St. Therese's Novena, I have really no idea. <laughs> she attracted uh, you. Yeah. <laughs> Her holy card was probably on the top of the yeah, pile. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think the yeah, first yeah, one yeah, is there, yeah, okay? Yeah, By again, Providence. Yeah. <laughs> when it's the, oh, no, I needed a prayer five minutes ago. Yeah, <laughs> here it is. <laughs> and it was a little, probably, if it's on the back of a holy card, it's, a, it's kind of a little novena prayer. It's it, not one of the long, drawn-out ones. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's just a short little prayer that, you know, obviously then pray for nine days. And, um, because All right, what happened? 
So, um, so the the transferring dioceses, um, you know, it's it's not really an easy task, right? Oh. You, um, you can't just transfer a diocese at willing or at at ease, right? Um, because there's not just a shortage of priests in our diocese, you know, there's a shortage of priests across the world. And so they don't want to let and, you go. Yeah, so when <laughs> someone says, I don't want to be a priest for your diocese anymore, um, <laughs> not that there was anything wrong with where I was at, you know, I, was, I felt that's where the Lord's calling me. Um, it wasn't like I could just go to the Archbishop of Louisville and say, can I transfer? Yes. Okay. Sign the papers. We're done. Um, so there's, you know, a process of all this. And a so, lot of discernment. No a lot of discernment, right. And you had to have courage to actually ask yeah. for that. And you had had to feel like the Lord was really calling you. Right, right. And so, and this one of the beautiful things, too, about um, when a man is discerning the priesthood and when he's still discerning in in the seminary, you know, he he's not the only one discerning his vocation. You have... Uh, the formation, the priests on the formation team at the seminary, you have your vocations directors. And so they, so there's all these people praying and helping and trying to figure this all out. So, and so this, this is happening. This novena prayer is when you're still a seminarian. A seminarian. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and but so, on the verge of, 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 of transferring diocese. Okay. So I, and I'd already had talked to, um, my director of vocations in Louisville. Um, and so, the Archbishop of Louisville had asked me, he's like, all right, will you just spend, you know, this summer, this summer assignment and just be with the people of God? I said, yes, Archbishop, I, I can do that, you know, then. Um, and so I, I prayed this novena because I was starting to second guess myself in so far as like, is this what the Lord is calling or is this just something that that I want? Um, and I've convinced myself that. This is what God wants to. Um, so I found this novena, and and so Saint Therese, she wants to do good works. She says she wants to do good works while she in heaven yeah. uh, for those of us on earth. It's been my heaven doing good on uh, earth. Yeah. Yes. And so <laughs> you this, put her to work. Yeah, I put her to work, and so um, you know, on this this prayer, this novena prayer, you know, it says. It's, there's a little in the parentheses, insert your petition here, you know, and it's asking you to send for St. Therese to send, send you a rose. Uh, so, so I said, send me a red rose if you want me to stay with Louisville. Mm-hmm. I said, and because I can be kind of stubborn and <laughs> I said, and I know white roses are harder to find. So give me a white rose if you want me to go to Cincinnati. <laughs> so, so I prayed this prayer and, um, and, you know, so just that I wouldn't have any kind of conflicts or I'd, this was something that the pastor I was living with uh, had no idea what I was doing. And so and I hadn't told anyone else I was praying this novena. So I was praying on my own. And and so the nine days pass. And so like. What happened? <laughs> you well, should see his face. Yeah, well, it's one of those things of like, okay, I need to go to Kroger. I'm going to, I know I'm going to pass the floral department. That's probably not the sign, you know? So like, I'm trying not to be like overexcited of like, I'm halfway expecting like this, this mystical rose to float down from the sky (laughs) and like land in my hands. Uh, But I'm also trying to not like, just like the first rose I see wherever is like, this is the prayer. This is the answer to my prayer. Um, 
so I finished the novena. Nothing happens. And so I, but I, I know that St. Therese has heard my prayer. So I, I start doing some prayers of Thanksgiving each, each day of like, St. Therese, I, I know you've heard me. Thank you. I know you're going to answer this, you know. And um, so at this parish I was assigned to, um, it was, it was almost probably about at least half a week later, if not almost a week after I finished this novena, that um, we would have, they had a children's liturgy. And so, um, and this is the only thing, the only parish I've seen where they did this. And it was great that they wanted to teach the kids um, that they need to be offering something to the Lord. So this lady that was in charge, she would bring like different little things from her house, you know, again, maybe holy cards or um, just different religious objects. And they'd have a basket um, in front of the altar. And um, each week was a different petition for so that then the kids at the offering would bring these things up and put them in the basket. So to help just teach them, which I thought was really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, so this Sunday after I had finished this novena, um, I, I see the basket and I'm, I'm getting ready to serve, um, and set up for mass and all that. And, and so, and these kids, all these kids are in elementary school, right? So, so the petition this for this particular week was for happy priests. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, well, that's really nice. And, you know, <laughs> yes, we want happy priests, but we, I know that also is like, we're praying for good priests, right? And to help, help bring it down to their level, like happy priests. And so they, again, I have told no one that I pray this novena and, um, when the offertory came up, you know, all the kids are bringing their stuff up. And then the last thing to go into that basket is not just one, but a dozen white roses. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, oh, thank you, St. Therese. Like, Did you, know, you catch it right away? Did you understand? It took me a second. Yeah. Like I saw it and then it was just like, I don't know, like just something within me was like, those are yours. Like you get to see them. Like you're not going to keep these, you know. Um, but it was within that, like those being placed into that basket that was just like, all right, Lord, like, all right, I hear you. And make a happy priest. <laughs> and make a happy priest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, which it was, yeah, it was super exciting for, for that. So. Oh, that is so amazing. And to think, you know, she has, you know, to the child Jesus as part of her name and, and here you have little children involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. And at mass, how perfect to get. Oh, I know. It your was answer there, and to you said that you knew it was for you, so there was that recognition. So it, you know, you know, the Holy Spirit is also right. working with Therese to to indicate to you and during mass uh, and this gift, and so sort of like. Those white roses were make a happy priest and also your gift to the Lord. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was absolutely amazing. So Well, you know, I have a, a little story about the rose and Therese. I too prayed a novena. Um my husband was getting transferred back to Dayton, Ohio. We were mm -hmm. up in Boston. And so he was house hunting while I was with the kids up in Boston. Okay. And um 
so he was going to pick the house that we were going to move into. And he picked this one house. I'm like, oh, no, that, that we don't fit in this house. This house is too big. The, the neighborhood is, you know, not what I was comfortable with. And I'm just like, so I'm praying to Therese, you know, to to answer my prayer about, is this the house we're supposed to go to? I'm like, we're going to have, like, a couch and a chair and a table. And that's about it. Yeah. This is a big house. <laughs> my husband is very for... Um, you know, looking ahead and, you know, thinking about the schools and, you know, how the kids were going to grow up. So, you know, he had a lot of discernment in there. But we really didn't talk a whole lot because a lot of things were happening. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't believe this house is the one he picked. <laughs> <laughs> so my friend and I were walking along this beach in, in the Boston area. I think it was Singing Beach. And um, because when they, when the water comes up, across the sand and you're walking it makes a sound like singing and mm. it's, it's amazing oh wow it's truly beautiful. amazing I, I don't know what the formal name of the place is but it was singing beach and anyway i was telling my good friend you know i was so full of angst about this situation and how i prayed to trust and we're walking along and, it, and it's kind of like in in the um winter months you know and all of a sudden we see this bush with red roses. <laughs> she says, they're not supposed to be blooming this time of year. Yeah. I've never seen roses at this time of year in Boston. Yeah. And so I knew that that was my sign from Therese. And we have been very happy in this house. So, oh, very good. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it is amazing to to hear how she influenced you in your priesthood um, and making that switch which i'm sure was you know a lot of forethought had to go into that and a lot of courage and um it's nice that therese was there you know she she as a carmelite um one of the carmelite charisms is to pray for priests right so yeah. um and this prayer that we opened with for maurice bellier um it, it was when he was a seminarian yeah and he wanted somebody to help he was going to be sent to um, the war, and so it was going to interrupt his training, um, and he was afraid that it would pull him away from his call to the priesthood. And so right. he really, he sent some really yeah. <laughs> intense letters to the convent, and they assigned Therese to uh, pray for him, and then they had this correspondence which leads to this book that you mentioned to me. Can you tell us yeah. about this book? Yeah, The Story of a Love. Um, okay. So I was introduced to this book. So, um, so the end of this summer assignment with Louisville, um, I was able to then transfer to the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. Um, and so I went in right into my first year as a seminarian for the uh, Archdiocese of Cincinnati. I went on my internship. And so I was sent up to um, Bell Fountain, Ohio. So um, if you blink, you'll miss it. It's kind of, it's a small town, but... I was talking to the DRE um, up there, and and she's a much holier person than I am. And so I, I kind of just basically, I, the story I just shared about, you know, my transferring diocese and all that, um, I had shared with her. And, and I said, she's like, oh, have you ever read The Story of a Soul? And I was like, yeah, but, you know, all she did was complain, so I only read half of it, and, you know, I, I put it down. She goes... Read the story of a love. And this 
will then be able to get you through the story of a soul. And so, yeah, so I got on Amazon and two days later had uh, the story of a love. And so it was it was just such a beautiful book of seeing this man who wanted to be a priest um, and confide in St. Therese and, you know, St. Therese just just loving him. Right. Just sending these letters to him back and just her prayers for him, her encouragement for him was so beautiful. Um, and it, it was a book that there were many nights I was in the church praying, reading this book during my holy hour that uh, I'm just, there's probably some still some watermarks from, you know, the teardrops <laughs> that, because yeah, it was just such a beautiful book. And um, it's actually something that I've been meaning to re reread again. So, um, but yeah, so she, she's like, read this. And then you can read the story of a soul. And so did you? I, I did. I did. So I finished, I finally finished uh, the uh, the story of a love. And I was trying not to rush through it because I, I wanted to be able to read these letters and to be able to pray with them. Um, and there were some that I didn't even finish a whole letter, you know, in a holy hour. Mm-hmm. Like something just really hit me. And it's like, all right, I'm going to pray about this for now. It's really bastard. I am. Uh thinking of who Therese was, didn't it? Yeah, it was. You really got a sense of her heart. Yes, yes. And so so I had finished the book, and then I'm like, all right. I still had the bookmark from where I I had left last time. In the story of the soul. In in the story of the soul, yes. Somewhere in the middle. (laughs) Somewhere in the middle. And I'm like, all right. This isn't going to be fair to myself or to St. Therese to just kind of jump right back in the middle because this is now three or four years later um, that since I've read this, I need to start from the beginning. And I just I'm going to I know I'm going to have to power through. And so I did. And wouldn't you know that when I got to then my original bookmark, I took it out, turned the page. And I literally stopped after all the complaining. If I would have read one more page, it was the start of her journey into the convent, which is so beautiful, right? Um, and yeah, so this 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 humor of just letting me just stop, you know, in my own stubbornness, St. <laughs> Therese let me stop reading her story right at the where it gets good. And so, um, and I'm sure she probably got a good chuckle out of that too. <laughs> So, but yeah, so I kept then reading and it was just, it was a beautiful thing. And, um, one thing that's really stuck with me about her is, um, her, her, um, her explanation of heaven and how it's, it's like a garden. And she says, you know, and the rose is the most beautiful of all the flowers. And she goes, but how boring would it be for God if we were all roses you know, and we and why she picked the daisy, I'm not too sure. I always kind of liked daisies, <laughs> but she goes, you know, and daisies, they're the almost like the smallest of the flowers, right? Um, and she goes, but the rose takes nothing away from the daisy, and the daisy takes nothing away from the rose, and so we have all these different things, and just this talking about how God is calling us to do very different things with our lives. Um, you know, even within the priesthood, you can look at priests and seeing the different gifts that they are given. Um, 
you have, and then you have some of these priests now with, you know, as social media is becoming bigger and bigger, uh, like Father Mike Schmitz is yes. huge, and he is like reaching so many people. That's Bible uh, through, read the Bible, Bible in the year. year, and yeah. now he's doing uh, catechism in the year. Yeah, right. right. So, and like that's something that I I can't. I am not Father Mike Schmitz. <laughs> I, I I cannot be Father Mike Schmitz. You know, <laughs> you, so, you'll be best doing what God gives you to do. Yeah. being the best Father Hale there is. <laughs> yeah, there. I'm trying. I'm trying sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you are doing yeah. good. You are doing very good. <laughs> well, thank you. So so that that beauty of of that of okay right we have these great saints, mm-hmm. um, but that doesn't mean. It's only those great saints are in heaven, right? We are all called to do different things to build up this kingdom of God, right? Um, and just, you know, St. Therese's, uh, her little way, right? Just, it's this reminder, like, if if I was called to be uh, a garbage man, all right, go pick up that garbage with all the love you can. Um, and within that, like, that builds up the kingdom of God. If I was called to be a cashier at Kroger. All right, scan those groceries with as much love as you can. Um, so just that that reminder of like, okay, I'm not some doctor of the church, and I don't think I'll ever will be, <laughs> right? But that doesn't mean, okay, Father Hale can kind of just sit back and do nothing and just kind of pass by like I'll just I'll celebrate mass, I'll I'll, I'll celebrate the sacraments and that's all I'll that's all I'll do. But to keep striving, but if the Lord wants Father Hale to be a daisy, be the best daisy I can be, you know. And that way we have some variety of color and yeah. texture <laughs> and perfume. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at a, a bouquet of, of flowers in front of us, and it's got a whole bunch of variety there. And yeah. Yeah, it just wouldn't be as interesting if it's all one flower, so... Um, I'm glad you brought that story up of of the flowers, and that's an important lesson, that we're all worthwhile. We're all loved by God, each one of us individually, as if we were the only one in the whole world. He would die for each one of us individually. Yeah. His love is so great, and he's so merciful. So what a joy to hear about how Therese has influenced you. Now, we talked about some books here, so I'm just going to mention uh, it was The Story of a Soul, which is the autobiography of St. Therese of Lisieux. I have to say there is a study edition out now at ICS Publications. Um, it's a, translated by John Clark, OCD, and prepared by Father Mark Foley, who's also a Carmelite friar, and that is, again, at ICS Publications. And then also um, out there on your favorite book searches is the book Maurice and Therese, The Story of a Love by Patrick Ahern, A-H-E-R-N, in case you're interested in that. And while we're talking about books, I have a book recommendation for Lent that involves Therese, and it's called A Lenten Journey with Jesus Christ and St. Therese of Lisieux, and it's by Father John F. Russell, who is an Ocarm, which is the ancient observance of Carmel. And I have used that book during Lent many a time, and I found it very valuable. So if if you need some book to help you um, have a more fruitful Lent, I highly suggest that. I might have to get on Amazon after this. (laughs) (laughs) 
I might add to um, if if anyone's looking at getting the story of a soul. Um, I know there are different translations, and I've heard the one by John Clark is really the best. Um, yes. And some of the other translations actually take parts of the auto- autobiography out, um, especially I think once she is when she goes to Rome. I think is one of the sections that can be removed. So, so I definitely recommend making yeah. sure it's by by John Clark. As yeah, well. well, this study edition is John Clark and Father Foley adding a lot of wonderful reflection questions and um, information that, that helps you to understand things, brings things to light, because we don't always have somebody else to talk over a book with. Right. <laughs> and so a study edition, I think, um, brings out things that we can ponder. And, and that's the whole point, is to to learn who you are, learn who God is and who you are in relationship to God and how God is calling you to deeper relationship. And I think it's just so wonderful that Therese drew you to the Cincinnati Diocese so yeah. <laughs> I could benefit from, from you um, as a priest here. I have enjoyed it so much. Do you have any other recommendations um, or how she influenced you that you'd like to share? Um. I would like to just, yeah, for anyone out there that um, thinking that, like, having a saint as a friend, like, I remember even as a kid learning about, like, oh, your saint, saint should be your friends. And I'm like, these people are dead. How am I supposed <laughs> to be friends with it, you know? Um, to keep, like, looking for saints, right? Um, because I think it can be very easy for us to think that when we read the lives of saints, um, Especially if we get like a little more snippets of them, uh, we really we hear just only the good things they've done. Which it's a good thing to hear these things, to have these examples of how to model our lives. Um, but to look for a saint that you can relate to, um, because we they they want to be our friends. They they want to be there for us. They want us to ask for their intercession. And they're a lot closer to God than we are. So their prayers are a lot better than ours as well, you know. Um, so to find these saints and, you know, um, so that we can model our lives after them. Um, and when we when we read, I think when we read about the saints and we learn about them, um, you know, with, you know, St. Therese, we, I get to hear, you know, she, she wasn't perfect. You know, we we hear about all the a lot of the great things she has done, which is really good. But again, I can see as a kid, okay, you cried a lot. You know, you you were a spoiled brat. Um, but then we can look at you know, I I always pull these two saints, and they're probably going to be they're probably going to shake their heads at me. But is you know Saint Augustine and Saint Paul, you know. Here are two men that lived very imperfectly. Uh, St. Augustine was very worldly. um, And St. Paul was trying to uh, get rid of the Catholic Church. He was persecuting. He was killing Christians. um, And so, and yet here is St. Augustine, who is a doctor of the church. Uh, St. Paul was then chosen by God to be the apostle to the Gentiles. So... Um, and these are just two saints, right, that um, had these big conversions. So um, I have a shirt on, and on the back of it, it says, uh, God has made saints out of people far worse than you. Oh, nice. So, so, it's, and it's, so it's, a good, it's a good reminder that, like, 
okay, there are people, some of, some of the saints are, they, from the moment they were born to the moment they <laughs> died, were very good, holy people. Right. And thank God for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't think that just because you've made mistakes or whatever, that you can't get to know the saints and you can't be holy. So, um, and that was one of the beautiful things about St. Therese. I know she wrote to to Maurice because he was very troubled because he had some worldly attachments, especially I think it was after the war, mm-hmm. you know, and, and she goes, it's okay. You know, the Lord has allowed these things to happen to you in your life. And he's going to, I'm paraphrasing real bad, but it's like, I'm, he's going to pull the good out of that. Right. And so, so it's never too late to become holy. We're going to, and it's going to be something we have to work on until the day we die. So, so find a saint. They, they want to be your friends. Um, I recommend St. Therese, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that. I, I yeah. recommend her, too. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for sharing so much of that. And it gives us hope um, that, yes, there are saints that are hearing us and are acting to help us in our lives, to help us discern, and uh, they're showing their influence in so many ways. And so we're just really appreciating how St. Therese has influenced you and, and how through you, now you are influencing uh, people who might be listening to this um, podcast at some point in time. So thank you so much, Father. You're very welcome. All right. Well, you know, we always like to uh, close with prayer. So I'm going to ask Father if if he would close um, our uh, Carmelite conversation today for yeah, us. Absolutely. Let's begin in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for this time to talk about the life of St. Therese, to talk about just this one of the many saints that you have in heaven to intercede for us. We ask you to send your Holy Spirit down upon us. Open our hearts and our minds so that we may grow closer to you through the intercession of the saints. We ask this all through the intercession of our Blessed Mother Mary as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Therese, pray for us. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father, for that You're very welcome. um, Thank you, listening audience. Uh, Go out there and be loving the heart of the church with St. Therese. God bless you.